This is basically two episodes in one since I missed last week. And so I'll be talking about food poisoning, COVID-19, challenges for me in the couple places in my life, and just my life in general. Living from the bottom to the top is a weekly personal glimpse into my life as a houseless person, living the best I can with what I have. Each week, I discuss the ups and downs that happened along with some stories about being on the road as a solo female traveler. I invite you to travel along with me as I strive for my ultimate goal of obtaining a mortgage-free home before I turn 60 in the next four years. I wasn't sure I was going to get this episode out this week. Been fighting with major pro- procrastination all week. Um, and some depression. And neither one seemed to want to get their hooks out of me. So I'm a day late. And I may just move it to Saturdays. I don't know yet. Which means I might ramble here and there. Which... I mean, it is what my podcast is. It's about my life and who I am. And I don't do a lot of editing. And I've heard different comments about people don't like the um and stuff like that. I'm not a professional podcaster. um, And I live in my vehicle and I just talk about my life that way. So... For those that don't like that, they don't have to listen and they can continue on. And those that really want to know about me can deal with my occasional stuttering, uh, completely slaughtering words. And when I kind of space out and have to take a break. So, um, I know I posted on my Twitter and my Facebook of why I didn't get an episode out last week and that was because I ended up with food poisoning and I'd never had food poisoning before for you people that have had food poisoning I am so sorry you ever had to go through that and from what I understand from C and Pup I actually had a very mild case so there is that so how did I end up with food poisoning I don't go out, you know, I don't go out to restaurants and things. Well, I live in my vehicle, like I said, and my lighting is not the best. I have a solar light that is slowly dying, dying. And the sun goes down between 4.30, 5.30, and I tend to eat about 6 Well, I decided I was going to have a grilled cheese and tomato sandwich. Because I knew my tomatoes were getting close to getting ready to go bad. Um, They felt fine. I cut them. And the one end didn't feel quite right. It was a little more squishier than the rest. You know, tomatoes squish when you cut them. But there was, you know, I took the... the the solar light and examined it and it looked fine tasted fine didn't smell off like I said it didn't taste off and so I made my sandwich 
and about 2 a.m. Now, mind you, all I had was bread, cheese, and tomato. And the cheese I literally had just opened that for that sandwich. Bread, same with the bread. So the only thing that could have been bad was the tomato. And about 2 a.m., I woke up with a horrendous backache. Like somebody was punching me in the kidneys. Um, the only other time I've ever had that kind of back pain was when I had a severe bladder infection when I was pregnant. And actually started to go into preterm labor because of it. Um, and then the stomach pain started. And from there I upchecked whatever was still in my stomach. And continued to puke for the rest of the night. When I wasn't curled up in the tightest ball I could be. Um... I mean, I sipped at water, but that was about it. Because I knew if you kept throwing it, you know, you throw up, you get dehydrated. And it's something I didn't want to be. Hadn't been anywhere, so I shouldn't have been sick. So, um, once it got daylight and everything, I let C know that something was wrong. And told him what was going on. And he said, sounds like food poisoning. And he's like, how's the back end? didn't have the problem I didn't have the back end going so I'm like okay he's like well that's next so I lucked out I ended up with two days of puking and it wasn't until the fourth day that the back end started so I lucked out that I didn't have both ends going at the same time also found out that I can make a very quick and easy uh, puke bucket since I didn't have one or a bowl that I could upchuck into and that was a Ziploc bag but while that's still gross at least I knew I could seal it up and not worry about it falling over or anything like that um, I was able to keep really anything down at all including ginger ale for the first two days like I said I was bad and then we have uh, a jar of powdered ginger drink and thankfully I was able to keep that down and I think that ginger really helped mellow out my stomach and then I found some anti-nausea pain uh, pills that I had so that helped um, I never want food poisoning again and I'm usually really good about my food like I said the tomato just didn't seem off um, I can see how people get food poisoning you know the food doesn't doesn't look bad it doesn't you know something there's something a little off but not enough for you to like okay um, so there's that and I think I had my sandwich on Tuesday and I really wasn't back to myself until I'm still not back to myself um, but I was able to actually get up and do things by Sunday maybe even Monday um, 
So, unfortunately, Pup had to take care of C and go into town and do stuff like that because there was no way I could there I knew I couldn't ride in the car I was just I was still in that much pain but we're pretty sure I wasn't any worse than I was because the amount of onions and garlic we eat so I already had a backup you know those do have antibiotic properties and also had um pineapple juice which has uh, bromelain in it, which helps with pain um, and inflammatory and stuff like that. So yeah, tomatoes are squishy. I don't care if I just got them and they turn squishy. I'm not eating them. They're going into the compost pile. But with that being said, it screwed up so many of my goals. And like I said, I just can't seem to get out of procrastination. Um... I feel like I don't want to do anything, or why should I, it doesn't matter, nobody cares. You know, I'm going through a whole bunch of things, and I need to get back into where I was at, because I was doing really good until that happened. And one of the goals I had set for myself was... um the Cancer Society has this challenge of doing 25 push-ups a day for the month of February. And I'd already decided I was going to start exercising, but that gave me a reason to exercise. You know, it's not like, oh, I'm not going to do this uh, because, you know, X, Y, and Z. With having a challenge like that, it's like, oh, here, you're, you're letting everybody know how many you're supposed to be doing and all that. And I was behind almost 100 push-ups. And I finally, today, I'm actually ahead. So, makes me feel better. Yes, there is a fundraising link with it. Um, I know that a lot of people don't like those things. The link will be at the, in the uh, description of the episode if you want to. If you don't, that's fine. It's just, like I said, it's basically just so I'll do the exercising. Um, and I started out with modified push-ups um, for a couple different reasons. One, I haven't been exercising my upper body at all. Um, I'm also large-chested. And I've never really been able to do push-ups. Um, C, being ex-military, he gave me some... Uh, pointers on how to do the modifieds and how to actually strengthen my upper shoulders and stuff like that. So I actually was able to do 10 uh, unmodified push-ups today. So that's something. Um, but by the end of the month, I will have done 700 push-ups, which makes me feel good about myself. So, and like I said, it kind of put me behind, but, and I haven't done any writing because I haven't been able to sit up, um, or any of that. So there's that. The other thing I didn't get to tell you was that my child E was finally able to get that a new to them car. 
even though that their father made it almost impossible to go pick it up because he, being the narcissist that he is, um, was upset that he went and got themselves their own loan and all this and had to go pick up the check. And of course, they were like, oh yeah, we'll do. I can do this and this and this. Like, well, better not have any plans for the next day. Well, he had a doctor's appointment the next day that was not negotiable. So that uh, their father doesn't know what it was about or anything else. And it's not their business. He is 30, will be 32 years old this year. But their father thinks they're 10. So that explains a lot. Um, but in true narcissistic form, uh, their father basically guilted them or just kept giving them a bunch of problems until they're like, I just don't want to deal with this, so whatever. Um, into using their car to take something down to his father's brother because he didn't want to use his own car. So they used E's car and proceeded to get rear-ended. E hadn't even had the car quite a week. So, um... And he literally had just named the car Rebecca. And they didn't get to even put the first ding in it. Um, luckily, it's just a cracked bumper. But the body shop can't even get to the car until March. So he has a couple of different options. And that is wait till March. Or, as we put it, some friends of our, hers, of theirs and I are pushing for them to go to pick and pull and get a bumper and have one of their friends replace it. Yes, it's going to cost them money to get it done instead of the insurance paying for it. The other thing is, he's been paying, or was paying, $400 for supposedly car payment and insurance. Okay. Now, he has a new car that the payment comes out directly from their bank account. So that means insurance should have been $200. Except their father wants them to pay $300 them every month for insurance. Which doesn't sit well with me, but... My thing is, it's like, you need to call the insurance company and find out exactly what the insurance is on your car. To which I get told, you know, there's a runaround and all this. And I'm like, just say you don't want to deal with it. And to me, I can be like, just go get your own insurance and get off of his insurance. That way you know exactly what you're paying. He has no way of keeping you financially in debt. And... He's not using your money for anything. So what I'm figuring is, yeah, you're paying $300 and none of that's going to the insurance. It's all going to their dad's car payment or their his dad's gambling or whatever. It's just basically how he's always been. Um, he tried to do, he did do that same shit to me for a long, long time. 
um, the final straw was when I ended up getting hurt um, at work. And I was on workman's comp. And we were struggling a little bit because he didn't want, he didn't want to have to pay the bills. He wanted to be able to go and buy toys and do whatever he wanted. And one day he came home from being told no because he didn't have enough money for something. Um, that I needed to go back to work because the workman's comp wasn't paying all the bills. And it didn't matter that I had had exploratory surgery on my knee. And it still wasn't improved. In fact, it's still not right. Uh, they never said they found anything wrong. They couldn't find anything wrong in PTs. Like, that's not how a knee is supposed to sound. So. But like I said, it was a workman's comp. Um, so, because I wasn't able to pay the bills completely off of my workman's comp, I had to go back to work. And fuck with the doctors and what was best for me, pretty much. Um. And it was the last straw. I told him right then and there I wanted a divorce and ended up jumping into a new toxic relationship almost immediately. I just didn't realize that relationship was just as a toxic at the time. And that was the partner that threw me out and the reason I'm living in my vehicle. So, yeah. Yeah. Lots of fun. So, I'm still processing a lot of stuff from growing up and my life in general. And unfortunately, I have for the most part gone non-contact with my father. Because I will not deal with his new wife. And I just... She's condescending and basically keeps treating me like trash and I'm done with it. I'm so over it. And just before I got food poisoning, he informed me that his wife had tested positive for COVID. So I'm like panicked. My father is 80 some years old. And the last time I had talked to him, they had they were going to the lodge because he's an elk and I always and I kept asking well do you wear your mask to which I got told no um, we're pretty sure everybody's been vaccinated okay you don't know that but you're in an enclosed space with a bunch of people that may or may not be vaccinated and it only takes one person to have the freaking virus so anyways I'm like, okay. So I tried to call. And the phone rang twice and then hung up. Didn't even go to voicemail. Okay. It's done that and supposedly it's been on the charger. I waited about an hour. Called again. This time it went directly to voicemail. Okay. I tried a third time. And that's when I'm like, okay, got it. I'm being ignored. And the reason I knew I was being ignored was because E was standing right next to my father when the phone rang and he looked at it and hung it up. Not quite sure why. I guess I'm not supposed to care. So. Yeah. 
Um, the other thing he informed me of was they ended up talking to my father and like, no offense, but he pulled their mask up because no, they work in the restaurant business and yeah, no, they don't need to be sick. Um, to which my father's like, yeah, don't, can't figure out where we could have picked it up at. Hello. You're not wearing a mask in a place that's closed and, you know, enclosed for hours. And I know for a fact the ventilation's not that great. So it's like, okay. And then the other thing was as soon as they got done quarantine, being in quarantine for whatever the recommended time is now, um, they literally were right back at doing what they were doing before. Okay. And then the other thing is, not sure he was supposed to find out about it, but they told me that um, in August, my father and his wife are going on a cruise. So let's get stuck on a Petri dish. Got it. I guess I just need to be prepared. And all my life, he always told me he was going to be 108 and be shot by a jealous husband. So, I might need to, if I ever decide to, try and call again and fill him out about, you know, what his mentality is. I might bring that up. But, I can only keep saying and repeating it to myself. It is what it is. And that's not what I want, but I can't. I can't do this anymore. I can't deal with things like that. It tires me out, makes me mad, and then all the other emotions and everything else that I don't need to, that I think I've dealt with come forth, and I'm just, I can't deal with that. Now, with that being said, before I got sick, I had talked to DMV. I actually called the the uh, DMV headquarters and they actually got back to me which was amazing and um, I actually got to talk to a human being instead of doing the circle with the chat online which got me absolutely nowhere because they weren't listening to what I, they were reading from a script and you could tell it was a script because they weren't repeating what I was saying back to them in a way that would make sense and I ended up talking to Andrea, Andrea, and Google has this thing called Google Plus, which helps rural areas get an address. Well, I have a plus code for where I'm at now, which would help, you know, EMS or law enforcement find where I'm at, provided California uses that system. I do not know that they do. So, she asked for my driver's license, not realizing at the time, even though I had said it twice, that it was from out of state. She asked for my driver's license number. Which, I guess, was karma's way of making sure, or the universe or whatever, making sure that I looked for my license. Okay, so I opened my wallet where my license should have been. 
only to find it's not there. I have no idea where I've lost it. Now my wallet has come open in the car and in Ruby more than once. All I can hope is it fell behind my cabinet that I actually need to clean out and move. And hopefully it's there. Not that it really matters. I mean, it's expired. But it does have pertinent information on it. So I am now basically without an ID. But the other thing that Andrea did tell me was how I can call the homeless shelter. And they will tell me how to get a voucher from them for an address. So there is that. So now I got to call them and set that all up. And then I have to come up with the $40 for the license, which I need to do before whatever time in March. Because C is going to Tennessee and... That way I can drive him to the airport at some god-awful time and, you know, have use of the vehicle and not be stranded-stranded. You know, like we were last year. And I think part of me is kind of terrified. And... Because we're coming back up onto that same time period. And it's like, I'm not sure how I want to deal with that. I mean, that was traumatic for me. And I'm not sure I'm ready to deal with that. So, there's that. Now, with having the food poisoning last week, we did not play. There was just absolutely no way I could play D&D. So, we were able to play this week, and it went okay. The first night that we played, I had a couple of different quests set up, and basically they got blown through. Um, the storyline got really screwed up, and I know part of it was I had a brain fog going on, but at the same time, C and Pup are a very... This is what's going to happen, and this is how it's going to happen, and whatever. And it's like, um, no, that's not how it's supposed to happen. So, the next day, I made sure that they realized it was a book with an interactive... You know, it's a book with an interactive play together. To which... I was basically told that they found that the storyline was long and that they have a short attention span when it comes to a basic, the basic storyline and that they're very good at skimming the books. Which of course made me wonder if I'd written a boring storyline or if they were actually bored with the D&D. I mean, am I that bad of it? I know I'm not a great DM. And when you have some people with the charisma that Pup and C do, I tend to try and second-guess myself. And then they're very, very good at throwing wrenches into any campaign. So, 
I'm like second and fourth guessing myself about the storyline. Um, e keeps telling me it isn't boring, but it still stung. That they felt like it wasn't moving fast enough, and it, like I said, it almost makes me want to give up. DMing. I know my campaign is a lot of homebrewing, meaning that I don't follow a lot of the new concepts. I don't really like any of the D&D after, I think it's 3.5. I'm not a huge fan of Thacko, but... And that's to hit armor class 0 for those that don't play D&D. But I understand where that is. So I kind of mix things up. Um, but the new additions I really don't like because basically they are awarding people for participating. And I hate that. Or they just, you know, oh, you showed up, you get 150 points for showing up. Yay! No. That's not... No. You know, yeah, the monsters all have, you know, so many experience points attached to them. They always have. Um, you know, storyline has so many experience points. You know, how did you play your character? Did you play it correctly? Did you, you know, improvise? Um, things like that. And for me... You know, it's, how are you creative? Like, they just got done, uh, killing a bunch of Sturge. And C's character, whose name is Simon, and they are a, they are half wood elf and half throw. Interesting character. And I think I've told people, told you that, um, normally I do not allow bards. And... I basically got Shanghai, Shanghai, yeah. I got tricked into allowing C to be a bard. And it's proving to be an interesting character. But, um, being Dro, he decided that, hmm, the needle nose of a stry might be interesting to make it into a flute or a blowgun. We'll see where that goes. Hasn't really rolled the dice yet for that. So there's that. The other thing is I have a feeling the campaign is only going to be the three original wrenching crew. Which is C, Pup, and E. As the other two haven't been available for most of this campaign. But I also see where I need to do some rewriting. Or basically making files differently so it's easier to get to the different parts um, and uploading them to Google Docs so when I'm not in Ruby or the computer isn't charged I can make edits when I need to so there's that um, so on to the card so for this month I'm using Colette Baron Reed's Oracle of the Seventh Energies deck and for those that don't know, I am a huge fan of Colette Baron reed and have four of her mini decks, which I do rotate throughout the year. And depending on the deck, the question 
ask does change. Um, for this month, the question is, what does my audience and I need to hear for the coming week? And the card is number 23, Healing of the Heart. Now, these are only read in the upright position, and they have to deal with the different energies, and the energies have color coding. And this is the energy of love, and the color is green. And the key concepts for this energy are compassion, love, community, forgiveness, and unconditional acceptance, inner peace, and wholeness. Now, the key concepts for this card are healing, making amends, the willingness to release past pain, being responsible and accountable, taking time to get healthy, renewal, rebirth, and after suffering. Those are the concepts. Now, the meaning of the card, and I am reading this from the book because I'm not really good at trusting my intuition yet. And... Sometimes it's just easier to read from the book and take what you need. And, I mean, take what resonates with you. And if you want, just skip this part. And, you know, that's how this works. So the meaning of the card. When you're wounded emotionally, you need time to regroup and find your center. You may... Have recently endured a breakup or a betrayal, lost someone close to you, or lost an affiliation that you gave too much power to. Perhaps you're watching someone go through a difficult time and feel bad that you can't help them. Maybe you're still not over a past disagreement. No matter the cause of this heartache, deep, feeling, he, deep healing is called for. This happens on its own timetable. And... And can never be rushed. The path to healing the heart centers on reciprocity. The flow of giving and receiving. Sometimes wounding occurs because we've become too dependent on another. And this is accompanied by the desire to manipulate or control an outcome. Both wounding and healing usually begin within, not from the outer conditions of our lives. We often believe we can be wounded only by others, but we do more damage to ourselves in self-sabotaging way we think and behave. It is important to take steps to heal yourself and become willing to release the pain of the past, which it can be tempting to revisit. It's time to take responsibility for your part in this healing journey. Look for ways you can help yourself and others. Are you willing to make amends if needed or conversely accept someone where they are without trying to influence their growth process? Healing the heart in all aspects is your priority now. Nothing else matters. Only beauty and goodness will come as a result. So... And the picture of the card will be on my Kofay page. And I find some of that interesting, as always. Because as uh, Colette puts it, she calls them cledons, meaning that uh, something resonated or gave you a clue. So, um, 
as I said, I've said before, you do not have to be a supporter to view the card. I mean, I'd love it if you were. Um, I do not think you have to follow um, me on the page. In fact, I know you don't. If you want to follow, that would be nice too. And if you like this podcast, um, please share it with your friends or anyone you think might like it. Or if you find me annoying and bothersome, boring, whatever, then share with your enemies. Either way, please share. Uh, comments are welcome. Just be respectful. Um, any hate will be deleted. And it will not be tolerated. There is a difference between hate and an opinion. Um, if you are rude, I will also delete your comments. I don't know what's going on with Twitter, but um, from my last episode, I had 322 followers, and after this episode, I have 321, and I have new followers. So, either Twitter has gone through and gotten rid of a lot of bots, or people just decided to unfollow me, whatever. But these I've all followed back. Um... I think I actually was following one of them and they followed me back recently. So, um, and if I mess up your name, I am so sorry. I will try not to, but sometimes, unless you actually hear it, you don't know how it's pronounced. I have, and these are my new followers The Last Comic Shop, Unfiltered Lemonin with slash BLT. Not sure. <laughs> Monsters and Mixers podcast and Takara Shellor. Thank you all for following me. And like I said, I followed you all back. So, Rogue out.